Welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. My name is Doug Wortham, and I have the distinct pleasure of hosting today's show. Tom Lyons is in the studio with me today, and he'll have a conversation with a Minnesota congressman serving in the United States House of Representatives. And then I'll close out the show today learning about girls, rock wings, and getting an update from the Minneapolis VA healthcare system. But first, it's time for Generally Speaking, a weekly message from the Adjutant General of the Minnesota National Guard, Major General Sean Mankey. This week marks the anniversary of the 1941 attack on Pearl Harbor. As Americans, we all share a connection to a day President Roosevelt declared shall live in infamy. But as Minnesotans, we have an additional historic connection. You may not know it, but Minnesotans fired the first American shots in the Pacific Theater of World War II. As war approached, our brave Minnesotans shipped off and became the unit aboard the USS Ward, a World War I-era destroyer. A little more than two hours before the attack on Pearl, the Ward was on patrol outside the harbor when they saw a small enemy submarine following a supply ship. At 6.45 a.m., the crew fired two shots from her four-inch gun, sinking the sub. For many years, some doubted whether Ward had really sunk that submarine until 2002 when scientists found the enemy vessel on the bottom of the ocean with two four-inch holes through its hull. Today, you can see and touch a piece of our history by visiting the state capitol grounds where the Ward's gun now resides as a monument to the bravery of those who served aboard. Thank you, General Mankey. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Well, Tom, it's been a while since uh, you've been in the studio with me and us together here. Um, It's great to have you in. And, you know, you've interviewed our next guest uh, many times over the years, and I know that you've been looking forward to doing it. And so I don't want to waste any time. I want to give you the opportunity to introduce our next guest, but I have to give you a fair warning here. Remember rule number one, Tom. No politics. We're going to have fun with that today, Doug, and thanks for letting me back into the studio while you're here. Uh, This gentleman I've known for many years, and and, uh, uh, he uh, is Congressman Tom Emmer. He's been serving the Minnesota 6th District since 2015 after serving as chairman of the National Republican Congressional Committee for the 116th Congress. And again, in the 117th Congress, Tom was elected by his fellow Republican colleagues to be the House Majority Whip, currently sits on the House Financial Services Committee. Congressman Emmer, welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. Great to be with you, Tom and Doug. Great to hear you, Tom. Tom, we've uh, you and I have talked many times on the radio and off the radio, and back when you were with uh, Davis and Emmer at this station, and <laughs> I'm just wondering, i got to ask you this. It's been quite a year out in, out in Washington, D.C. How are you holding up? I'm good. It has been a busy time here in the House, especially with our new speaker, Mike Johnson. We have been hard at work, Tom, uh, hard at work on legislation to support our veterans and their families. You know, you and I talked about this a little bit before the show about the perception that some things haven't happened. Well, last July, we actually passed the 2024 Appropriations Bill for Military Construction and the Veterans Administration. The bill fully funded veterans' health care programs, including electronic health record modernization initiatives, which are so important uh, to the VA. The bill also included $17.4 billion in funding for military construction focused on quality of life projects like family housing. And I believe there was close to $300 million in there for seven new child development centers. Uh, the bill also fully funded veterans' health care and toxic exposure-related needs for the fiscal year uh, 2024. And it, lastly, it included $88.6 million, Tom, to complete the southern expansion of the Arlington National uh, Cemetery. So that's just one of the many things that we've been doing, but you're right. It's been a very busy, busy 11 months. 
Tom, you and I go back a long way, and uh, I can remember one day about 10 years ago, maybe longer, you interviewed me to talk about my experience in Vietnam, and I didn't think that was anything special. I just did my duty. But you've been supporting our service members and our veterans for long as I've known you, and I think you've got a couple of kids serving in the in the military. I do. I have uh, the uh, two of my six boys uh, are serving. One is uh, he separated last March from a four-year uh, contract um, and a deployment. <laughs> uh, and he has uh, started school in the fall. I, the question will be when, whether and when, I guess, he, he uh, uh, goes back. Uh, but if he goes back, he'll go back as an officer. And the other one, as you know, Tom, both my boys enlisted. The other one uh, enlisted before his senior year in high school, was working on his third year as an air crewman on H-53 helicopters in Norfolk, Virginia, when he got admitted to the Naval Prep Academy. And he uh, just finished the academy last May. And uh, he's, uh, in fact, as of tomorrow, he'll be uh, taken off for his next assignment. We're speaking with Congressman Tom Emmer on Minnesota Military Radio. And, uh, Tom, uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about Congress passed a a little bill called the PACT Act uh, in about a year ago. And I think it was the greatest expansion of benefits to take care of our veterans that have been exposed to toxins ever. That was quite an achievement. You know, it was. The, uh, these bills, by the way, are at times it gets so hyper partisan around here, Tom. Uh, but in, in the spirit of what we need to do for our veterans and their families, I think uh, a lot of that partisanship can be overcome. Uh, and people, whether they agreed with the funding mechanism or they didn't agree with the funding mechanism, the one thing that everybody agreed on is that we have an obligation to take care of those who have made the sacrifice. It's not just them, it's their families as well. Uh, their loved ones who have made the sacrifice at the same time. We owe them an obligation to make sure that they get the care and support that they need uh, when they have uh, service-related uh, uh, health issues. So very important work and uh, you know, love to hear from people if, they're, if it's working for them, if there's more that can be done. That's why we have caseworkers. Tom, digging a little deeper into that PACT Act, after that was passed, uh, the VA has signed up a lot of new veterans that they have to take care of, and at least here in Minnesota, and I'm sure all over the country, that means they needed more facilities, they needed needed more doctors, more nurses, Uh, there's a lot more people to take care of, and so so behind, after passing the PACT Act, you had to figure out how to provide enough money so the VA could provide those services and how to fund it. Well, and that is part of the PAC Act, but the bigger part, you're getting to the back end of it, uh, which is the direct uh, patient care uh, uh, arrangement, where you've got doctors, you've got physicians, you've got uh, uh, nurses, uh, 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 what do you call them, Uh, RNs, you've got all the different levels, right? Uh, Tom, the big problem we have is our VAs are competing out in the marketplace with other healthcare systems for a limited pool of candidates, and uh, that has been uh, that has been a challenge for all of our VAs. But hopefully, you're uh, you're going to see some of these uh, nursing programs, some of these uh, uh, medical uh, schools uh, continue to pick up, and that that's going to have to be the answer to our problem because we can't deny care. And Tom, I'm sure you were aware here in Minnesota, we're lucky to have two of the best VA facilities in the country here in Minneapolis, up in St. Cloud. But every time I have Director Kelly on the on the show. I ask him the biggest question, are you hiring? 
And he says, thanks. Thanks for asking that, Tom. We are looking for everybody, doctors, nurses, supply people, cleaning people. And uh, the one thing that we talk about quite often is those are good jobs, Tom. Oh, they're great jobs, Tom. And more than that, it's a quality of, uh, of work. It, think about this. You can work Minneapolis, St. Cloud. If you live in central Minnesota, if you live in the Twin Cities area, you have a, uh, a, a what a grade A facility operation, but you also have some of the most rewarding work you could possibly do uh, by serving our veterans and their families. So you're, you're absolutely right. I, I know uh, St. Cloud's the same way. They're constantly uh, looking for good people to fill really important positions. And you know what? They, uh, they're good paying jobs, uh, but they're really important jobs. Tom, we just got about a minute left in this segment. Uh, you mentioned earlier that when it comes to veterans' issues, uh, the both parties cross the aisle and work together. Is that still happening? Yeah, it does. I, I mean, you're not going to see it because of our hyper-partisan 24-hour-a-day, uh, seven-day-a-week, uh, soundbite, uh, entertainment-driven news. Uh, you know, it makes it look—those programs, Tom, unfortunately— to me, uh, they're designed to get people's uh, the hair on the back of their neck to stand up and get them uh, angry about something. Uh, if you peel all that stuff away and you actually meet the people who are serving in Congress, yes, we have some that are trying to advance their own personal brand and their own agenda. And, you know, they're very selfish about it, both Republicans and Democrats. But the vast majority of the people in Congress uh, in the U.S. House of Representatives, Tom, are there for the right reasons, and they are working together. You just don't get to see it every day. But, you know, you bring up the PAC Act. Uh, there are other things like the, uh, uh, the, the GARD Act, the, the, the PLUS Act. Uh, there are other things out there that Republicans and Democrats are working on together because, again, you don't represent just Republican or Democrat members of our, our service, uh, our forces. You, you are representing everybody. I'm glad to hear that, Tom. We have to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk more with Congressman Tom Emmer on Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Tom Lyons. I'm in the studio today with uh, our host, uh, Doug Wortham. And we have uh, have the pleasure of having Congressman Tom Emmer, who is serving in Minnesota's 6th District since 2015, on the, on the line. He's the House Majority Whip. He serves on the House Financial Services Committee. And, Tom, we've been talking about uh, veterans' issues. And there's uh, there was an interesting uh, addition or expansion for veterans this year because it says as of January 17th, 2023, veterans in an acute suicidal crisis will be able to visit any VA or non-VA health care facility for emergency health care at no cost. This is a significant change, Tom. Uh, it includes inpatient or crisis residential care for up to 30 days, Tom, and uh, even outpatient care for up to 90 days. Look, veterans suffering from a mental health crisis are in desperate need of immediate and sustained care. I think we all know that, and we've known it for a while. What we're trying to do here in Congress is provide flexible emergency care in every community in America without burdening veterans and their families with additional costs. Uh, in fact, earlier this year, we passed the Relieve Act, Tom, which will open up the community care options to veterans for emergency treatment, allowing veterans in need uh, to access care at local hospitals when they need it most. So I, I think uh, it's, a, it's a good start, 
but it's a problem that we've known has been out there for a while. Well, this is a great one because for all of our veterans listening it, or their families, if you've got a veteran that's uh, having a problem and, and they're thinking about suicide, they don't have to worry about whether or not they're enrolled in the VA healthcare system or anything else. Call the VA, go to your hospital, they'll take care of you right away, and and let's deal with the issue and make sure that we can cut down on, on veteran suicide. Pretty important issue, Tom, and here in Minnesota, that and veterans homelessness are big issues we've been working on very hard while you're out in D.C. trying to protect us. Well, I've been doing that ever since I got here, Tom. That was the number one issue when I got here. It continues to be uh, the top issue in our office. It's and it's we've expanded it. It is uh, it started with our military families, uh, our military uh, servicemen and women and their families, but it's also expect extended now to uh, rural Minnesota. You know, rural communities. Uh, people uh, have uh, mental health is an issue, and uh, we need to provide the services uh, where the people live, uh, and we need to make sure they have access. So. Yeah, I, I, I might also add, Tom, uh, anybody who's listening, uh, you, if you're in our district, even if you're not, you can contact our office. Uh, we have caseworkers that, i give you an example, Tom. This year alone, our office has helped resolve 33 cases for veterans and their families. We, uh, so uh, people probably don't know, but your uh, member of Congress can actually help you in obtaining military and medical records Uh, that you might need to submit for an appeal or to request more benefits. Uh, We can help with survivor benefits. We can help with burial and death benefits, and we can help with personnel records. Uh, As an example, uh, we have a constituent that was diagnosed with stage four cancer. He's a Vietnam vet and was exposed to Agent Orange. Uh, He was receiving a small VA benefit, but applied for a review of his disability. He called our office and requested that we expedite the claim. And our team, after we intervened, uh, the veteran received 100% disability. I, it's, we do these things. Our office helped a couple, uh, uh, Stephen and Cheryl from Oak Grove, to replace a few war medals earned by Steve's father during the Korean War. So anybody who's listening, you can contact us through our website at emmer.house.gov, or you can always call us at 763 241 68 489522622999 Thank you Congressman Emmer. Uh Tom I want to switch the discussion a little bit. Uh as you know over the last couple of decades the uh, the guard uh both the air and the army national guard have become bigger and more important partners with active duty. And here in Minnesota, we've got the Army National Guard and we've got uh, the 148th Fighter Wing up in Duluth and the 133rd uh, Airlift Wing here in Minneapolis. Uh and, the, and, of course, anybody who knows anything about Minnesota Army National Guard knows about the division, 34th Infantry Division, which recently got Devardi. They reinstated division artillery, and they got some new howitzers. Uh, that means that their mission is extended. But on the other side of it, for the 133rd, uh, you were instrumental in, in helping them to secure some new C-130Js. Yeah, well, it, it's, uh, I'm one of the delegations. I think Minnesota's delegation, uh, our senators and uh, our members of uh, the House uh, combined uh, were uh, were very uh, influential. It doesn't hurt to be the number three uh, member of leadership in the House, but uh, it was a team effort by all of the uh, representatives from Minnesota. And you're right, 
Uh, last September, it was announced the 133rd Airlift Wing of the Minnesota National Guard will be receiving eight additional C-130J transport planes. A lot of fight uh, amongst uh, people trying to get these, uh, these planes, Tom. Uh, for us, there's no better home for the C-130J than right here in Minnesota. For years, we've worked with the Minnesota National Guard in a bipartisan, bicameral effort to secure these planes. And, you know, earlier this year, we had the opportunity to tour the 133rd uh, with uh, several people. We, uh, in August, uh, one of the things that we did, that I did, was speak directly with uh, U.S. Air Force Secretary Frank Kendall, uh, encouraging him to uh, help us with the mission of the Minnesota National Guard's 133rd Airlift Wing and its uh, C-130 mission. So it worked out, Tom, and I'm, uh, I'm pleased to say that we're going to get those eight new planes and we're going to continue the mission uh, at the 133rd. So, Tom, to put that in terms that our listeners can understand, we had some older model C-130s. The C-130Js are bigger, they're actually longer, they're faster, they're the newest model of the C-130s, and that means the mission of the 133rd Airlift Wing is probably good for several decades. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're right. The C-130s that are there are 25, 30 years old. Uh, it, this is uh, the next generation, uh, and it's modern technology. I mean, this is one of uh, uh, the adjutant general's uh, 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 missions. He made modernization a priority effort uh, under his leadership, and this is part of that. I, I congratulate uh, uh, our uh, Adjutant General, Sean Mankey. Uh, he is uh, one of the reasons that we're going to get these planes, and uh, the people that he has serving underneath him are the other reason. I mean, those are the – they have proven to be so valuable, Tom, that uh, the folks here in Washington – I decided that they need to continue the mission with this new equipment, which you're right, should put us in a good position for the next uh, 20 to 30 years. And Tom, as a congressman, you've got to like it when they when they call up uh, 34th Infantry Division, when they call up the 133rd, and they call up the 148th. They go out on their missions, they go out on their deployments, and they they perform at a very, very high level. And you know what happens when they do that? They get asked to do it again. So it puts you in a great position to help uh, support them with new equipment and everything they need to get the job done. Well, it does. But I, I would just correct one thing. I don't know that I'm ever excited about them getting called up, but I am so proud that they are our uh, men and women from Minnesota that are carrying uh, at the top level uh, the uh, mission. Uh, they're carrying it out at the top, at the highest level. We are very proud of them, and because of them, we were able to do something like this. Tom, we only got about a minute left. Any final thoughts for our listeners? No, again, I, I just, uh, I'm going to mention those numbers again, because I don't think people understand all the things that your representative can do for you. Uh, if you're in the sixth district, and again, if you're not in the sixth district, we can direct you to your uh, member of Congress. So please uh, look us up at emmer.house.gov or give us a call at either of the numbers, 763 Two four one six eight four eight or nine five two two six two two nine nine nine. And Tom and uh, Doug, happy holidays to both of you. I hope we see each other very soon. Ditto, and uh, thanks for joining us today, Congressman. Thanks, Congressman.
That was Congressman Tom Ammer on Minnesota Military Radio. And, Doug, what do we got coming up on the second half of the show? Well, you know what? We're looking forward to the second half of the show. We're going to talk about Girls Rock Wings, and then we're going to talk to someone out at the uh, Minneapolis VA Healthcare System. So that's coming up uh, in just a moment. So please stay with us. We'll be right back on Minnesota Military Radio. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. And a quick thanks to Tom Lyons for taking care of that great interview with Congressman Emmer. In a moment, we are going to hear about Girls Rock Wings. But first, it's time for the Commissioner's Corner, a weekly update from the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs. Now here's Temporary Commissioner Brad Lindsay. Drive home your support for Minnesota military members, veterans, and their families by purchasing a Support Our Troops license plate for your car or motorcycle. To purchase these plates, visit your local DMV or visit minnesotaveteran.org for more information. Thank you, Temporary Commissioner Lindsay. For more information, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com. Joining me in the studio is Master Sergeant Lindsay Kumo. Lindsay is a master sergeant with the 148th Fighter Wing up in Duluth, and she works in the munitions area or maintenance. Uh, Additionally, she's the executive director for the Minnesota National Guard Youth Camp and a volunteer firefighter. Master Sergeant Kumo, welcome to Minnesota Military Radio. It's great to be here. Glad to have you in the studio. Um, You know, in full disclosure, I should let everybody know that uh, we have a history. I've known you for uh, many years. And uh, when I saw your name on the guest list, I was excited to have the opportunity to uh, get you in the studio, give you a hard time, and spend some good quality (laughs) time with you. Yes, it's good to see you again. Yeah, so um, I want to let our audience get to know you just a little bit, and then, uh, you know, we'll get into these topics. Um, So. You are about 22 years in at the 148th. Tell us, you know, why did you join the Minnesota Air National Guard and uh, what what led you to Duluth and to what you're doing right now in that munitions department? Sure. So um, I decided to join the Air National Guard after my parents had left active duty and we moved to Minnesota. My mom joined uh, the Air National Guard in uh, the Twin Cities at the 133rd. And I knew that that was something that I wanted to do, something similar, but I kind of wanted to branch out into my own um, area. And so instead of uh, uh, partaking in activities down at the 133rd, I went further north up to Duluth, and I've been there ever since. And uh, was it the difference in the aircraft that you might be able to work around that kind of drew you to Duluth? Or was just, you know what, I don't want to be in the cities? <laughs> you know, it was a little bit of everything, really. You know, um, the, the the pace at, at uh, and that sort of activities at the one. 33rd does is different um, than what the 148th gets to do. And, and um, I, I'm glad I did make that choice. I've been... And you're no stranger, obviously, um, you personally to the military. You talked about, uh, you know, the, the service to your parents, but yeah. uh, your husband also served. Yeah, my husband served for 23 and a half years um, up at the 148th as well. Um, and so it, it was, and so both my kids served. My, my son served at the 148th as well for eight years. And uh, my son, my other son decided uh, active duty was a little bit better for him. So he did that for a little bit. And, uh, you know, we were talking about this uh, during lunch, but um, you're going to beat your husband in years of service, right? You know, um, I've been asked quite a few times over the last few years, how long are you going to stay in? How long are you going to stay in? And I, I made the commitment that I'm just going to go to 24 years. If he if he had 23 and a half, I might as well just go for 24. Yeah, but who knows, right? Never right. say never. Right. Maybe yeah. maybe it's longer. There might be other opportunities. Yep. And speaking of opportunities, uh, let's talk about this big event. Yeah. Um, because not too long ago, there was an event down in Atlanta mm-hmm. that 
um, you got a call to go participate in and then to actually lead the event, be in charge of it. Sure. What was the event? What, why, what brought you down to Atlanta? So um, what brought us down to Atlanta? So we should probably start how we got connected with everybody. Um, the 148th. Uh, did uh, an event with uh, the Organization of Black Aerospace Professionals a couple of years ago. Um, And then in 2022, uh, those folks brought about 100 students from Atlanta up to Duluth in a Delta Dream flight. Uh, Those 100 students were able to tour our facilities, take a look at our aircraft, and then do some other educational stations um, in conjunction with the Duluth Air Show. And the success of that event um, allowed us the 148th, to get connected with with some other things and other organizations, including the Sisters of the Skies, um, which puts on the Girls Rocks Wing event every year. So that's how we got connected with those folks. Um, so really the success of, of the, that Delta Dream Flight and the experience that those students had uh, while they were in Duluth uh, brought us uh, to Girls Rock Wings. And so the girls, or the crew that came up to Duluth, these yeah. are, are kids that have an interest in aviation or avionics yeah. or something, yeah, and that's so, why they get to do it? Yep. So Sister of the Skies is a nonprofit organization that's led by uh, black female pilots whose focus is to – um, increase the number of females and black pilots, both in commercial and military aviation. So, so we are instrumental in in having that opportunity and showing what what aircraft uh, are available and the careers around aircraft. And so, the Delta Dream Flight then is mm-hmm. part of Delta Airlines. They bring Correct. them up to Duluth, and then hey, there's a fighter wing here. Hey, yeah. Why not get over and see what's going on yeah, over one, there? One stop shop. So we got the the fighter wing over there on the other side, on the one side, and then on the public side, the um, the Duluth Air Show was going on, so there was a lot of aircraft around and available for those those students to to get their hands on. And I would imagine something like the Air Show, that's kind of a all hands on deck. Yes. So then I'm assuming you were involved with when the girls came in and a part of showing them around the facility or You know, so everyone has has their own little role. Um that the Duluth Air Show takes place um during the week, so to speak. And I'm a traditional guardsman okay. and I have been the whole time. So I was not around for that initial event. Um, that connected us with uh, Sisters of the Skies. But uh, the opportunity came out up to go down to Atlanta in October. And I, and I just happened to have that time blocked off on my, my civilian calendar. And so it, it just worked out that um, I was available and, and ready to go. And so it's not like you were a stranger than the organization. <laughs> you knew all about it because, yes. of course, yes. you know, we've got public affairs people who are yeah. taking photos and promoting. And, you know, what a great opportunity to have these yeah. kids on the base. It was great. It was a great opportunity for them and for us to learn what, what everybody needs in order to be successful. Okay. So they come to Duluth and then now you're connected and you're going to go to Atlanta. Yes. So you, you've got to go down. You, you just happen to have the weekend blocked <laughs> off on your civilian calendar. Uh, you go to Atlanta. What, yeah. what did you expect and then what happened? You know, um, I had, to be honest, I had zero expectations because you just don't know what you're walking into. And so, you know, just expect everything and nothing all at the same time. And so when we got down there, we had to do a little bit of preparation to be able to um, accept the jet when it when it landed. Um, we were successful in that. The the jet landed and um, we marshaled it in and got it parked for, for the, the weekend for the actual um, uh, GROW event, the, the Girls Rock Wing event. Um, and and then we were able to successfully send it home the next that that Monday morning. So what does it take for um, for you to go down there in the group of people or um, positions that, that you need to bring so that you can make sure you can effectively land and marshal in that aircraft and then yeah. you can take off again? You know, we brought down um, four aircraft maintenance personnel, um, all all females, and so that we could uh, successfully. Um, 
recover, mitigate anything that potentially came up. Um, you know, every, there's always hiccups along the way. And so having the right knowledge, skills, and abilities readily available to handle any of those hiccups is key in, in just being successful. So um, we did have those, you know, some avionics people, uh, some crew chief people. Um, I work in munitions. And so, you know, we, I was available as well. Um, and so, you know, everything from making sure everyone has something to to eat and a place to sleep and to making sure that the jet is, is secure when it lands. And you said it was a crew um, that went down of all female yeah. uh, maintainers, which yep. had to be really neat, especially for the group that you're down there to support yeah. seeing females in these positions work around aircraft. Yes. I mean, that'd be just a great uh, deal. You know, it was fantastic. The The Girls Rock Wing event um, is for girls that are uh, 10 to 18. Um, just so they can see all these different uh, uh, aviation careers that are available, and so part of part of the other aircraft that were available was really around pilots and and being able to fly the aircraft. And then when when they got came over and had a chance to talk with us, you know, we really opened their eyes to what other options are actually available to make sure that that aircraft can be as successful as it is. And, and let's face it, I mean, when an F-16 is parked on the the uh, tarmac or, or whatever, yep. that kind of has to draw a crowd. It does. It does. You know, and so just being down there, there was, you know, a lot of the, the Delta maintainers themselves came over and yeah, they had questions for us. But, you know, the, the, the questions that the girls asked was really key, you know. Things like how do what are what are G suits and what do, what does afterburner do and how do they eat when they're up there? So how do know, they go to the bathroom how, when they're up? How there? do they go to the bathroom <laughs> when they're up there? All of the yeah. questions, all the questions. It was great to be able to answer that and really let them see up close what they what the aircraft is. Yeah, that that has to be great and, and really open their eyes then to let them know that hey, this isn't a man's world. There are female pilots, yeah. there are female maintainers, obviously. Yeah. So, so that's great. Um, hey, we got to take a quick break here, and then we'll come back. We'll talk a little bit more about this and some other things that you got going on in, in your busy little world. Uh, this is Minnesota Military Radio. Please stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Minnesota Military Radio. I'm your host, Doug Wortham. In the last segment, we're talking to uh, Lindsay Kulmo about the Sisters of the Sky, the Grow or Girls Rock Wings. Uh, Lindsay's with the 148th Fighter Wing, and she's in the munitions department. So, uh, Lindsay, before we went to break, obviously we're talking about kind of maybe the excitement that some of these kids have coming over to see this F-16. Some of the other maintainers that work for other airlines or other aircraft. Um, so. It's interesting when we talk about positions like that or a field like this, let's just say pilots in general, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's historically been dominated by uh, the male population. We know that we do have female pilots now, but, you know, if there are people out there listening, uh, young kids, um, old kids, people who are just kind of maybe thinking they'd like to have a career in the Air Force, Mm -hmm. um, what would you say to them about opportunities that might include or even go beyond being an actual fighter pilot? Sure. So just at the 148th Fighter Wing, we consist of 76 very diverse career fields just for us up there. Um, And, you know, I would say maybe half of them, I, I don't know for sure, but maybe half of them are aircraft orientated, right? And so, you know, we need people that work in the clinic and we need firefighters and we need um, people that make sure our buildings are working, you know, that we have heat and and we have things to eat and stuff like that. So um, being in the Air Force is much more than the aircraft. Uh, It takes a a community for anything to function. And that includes 
getting that, that aircraft off the ground and all the things that the, those maintainers need to be functional. Yeah, I think when you, you know, talk about certain branches of the military, you know, the Air Force, right? I mean, your, your immediate thought is going to go to an aircraft. Sure, right? yeah. A fighter jet or a, a cargo plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, it is important to realize and understand that it takes a lot of people to make that one aircraft, you know. Right. It might be one person flying, but how many people are on the ground to make sure that that plane can fly? Exactly. Or when you have a base like the 148th, it isn't just about the airfield, the tarmac, the hangars. There's so much more. Right. You know, um, at, at, you know, around lunchtime, I get hungry and I, I need something to eat. And, and, and Wait a minute. You get hungry? I, once in a while, it <laughs> oh. happens. And, you know, at the end of the day, everyone wants to get paid for the work that they do. And so someone's going to make sure that, that that money's moving for us to— you know, get our paycheck at the end of the day. So, you know, um, careers in accounting and, and like I said, HVAC or plumbing or electric, electrical, like those, those are all real things that are needed in conjunction with uh, having a safe environment for that aircraft, aircraft to operate. So in your 22 years of experience of service in the uh, Minnesota Air National Guard up at the 140th, you've had a lot of interaction with with kids, with young people, with old people. But, you know, specifically with young people, you know, what kind of messaging do you have and what are the things that you really want them to know the most about, um, you know, what the military has to offer? You know, um, it's important to be able to get outside of your comfort zone and, and see where you can actually be stretched in, in that sort of area. And and I never anticipated all of the things that I've come to know as as familiar, normal, and awesome. Um, th- that None of that would have happened without uh, the experiences that I've, I've had from places like the 148th Fighter Wing. And so um, having a venue – where you can meet new people, experience new things, go new places. Um, it, you know, it, it's been instrumental in, in making me the person that I am today. And that's all on top of the, you know, extra benefits that come with it, you know, like health care and getting your school paid for. Yeah, that's a great deal. Now, we have uh, just maybe a minute to go. And, and I mentioned in your introduction that, you know, uh, you are the executive director for the Minnesota National Guard, the youth camp. You're a firefighter, a volunteer yeah. firefighter. Um, so service is, is in your blood. What, what what keeps you you going? You know, I mean, what <laughs> why do you do these things? And what do you say to others who are maybe thinking about volunteering to do some different things? You know, what makes a community great is all the hands that come in to participate in it. And if that community is your, the town that you live in, or the the place that you work, or the state that you live in, however you can support that community is really key to making it successful. And in those organizations that I volunteer at, at the at my local fire department, at the Minnesota National Guard Youth Camp, or in the Minnesota National Guard, are all just ways that I put my my skills and abilities forward to provide some service that other people can potentially benefit from. Well, thank you so much for all that you do, all of your service. And I wish we had more time to sit and uh, jibber jabber, but we don't. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Minnesota Military Radio. It's been great to be here. All right, Lindsay, have a great rest of the day. Joining us now on the phone is Melanie Nelson. Melanie is the public affairs officer for the Minneapolis VA healthcare system and making your debut on Minnesota Military Radio. Welcome, Melanie. Well, thank you, Doug. It's difficult to call you Doug. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there right now after uh, serving for you for so so many years. But uh, thank you. I'm glad to be here. Well, you know what? Uh, it's great to have a familiar uh, voice 
on the other end of the uh, the line here, and it's great to have you over at the Minneapolis VA Healthcare System, and you know, doing something that I know you've got a passion for, and that is in that public affairs realm, which you did just fantastic work for the Minnesota National Guard on. Thank you, thank you. I I was with Minnesota National Guard Public Affairs for a very long time. Let's just say more than a decade, and uh, very also proud of my work that I did with the Beyond the Yellow Ribbon in the early days of its beginning, um, and look where it has come now today. So it's uh, it was great to come from that past and being here at the Minneapolis VA. Now I get to, to continue working uh, and serving veterans and help communicating uh, positive things. For them, yeah, that's great, and you know, so we we work together as already stated uh, for quite a while with, within the Minnesota National Guard. Now, um, with your relationship at the Minneapolis VA here on Minnesota Military Radio, we'll get to continue that relationship mm-hmm. for years to come. I hope so. <laughs> let's get down to some business because we've yeah. got. Uh, just under four minutes here, and I want to make sure that we get to everything we need to talk about about what's going on out at the Minneapolis VA. And, you know, one of the big topics that we talk to the director about all the time, and uh, I, I would say every time we have a guest on the show from the Minneapolis VA healthcare system, we talk about hiring. And so right. my question to you, Melanie, is, is the Minneapolis VA healthcare system hiring? We are hiring. Uh, yes, Doug, we are hiring. And um, we're doing something really fancy and special. Um, we know that there are a lot of uh, folks that are out there looking for a, a new job in the, um, the health care field. And we have a critical need with, um, I'll just mention one of our areas, we call the medical support assistant. The rest of the world calls it a health unit coordinator, or I've heard oftentimes they call them HUCs in uh, the clinics uh, around the state. Um, and so working, we're looking for a few dozen of these medical support assistants that can help us from entry level all the way up to the top levels. And we got an exciting thing we're rolling out to bring some fresh people in here in just a couple of weeks. And uh, speaking of something that is coming up to help drive some of these hiring is the hiring event. So tell us a little bit about that hiring event and, and when it is and where it is. So Thursday, December 14th, here at the Minneapolis VA, which is right by the airport, the hiring event is going to be an awesome opportunity um, to come in, meet right there with our human resource, our HR um, providers, sit down. They'll help you navigate how to apply for jobs on USA Jobs. It is a tricky application that I just had to complete myself recently to get this job. And it doesn't our go H- very fast either. No. Well, the application itself is a little bit of a, a work, but with that HR person right there next to you, that is going to really pave the way. Um, our folks are also going to be conducting interviews, and Doug, they're going to be making tentative offers to candidates that day on December 14th to folks from entry level, which is um, not even having a, a bit of college education yet, all the way up to those that have been in the career field for a while in this medical support assistance role, and they're ready for a supervisory position. So um, it is, it's all right there um, on December 14th, and it starts at noon and goes until 6 p.m., so if you have another job, you can come over right afterward um, before you have dinner for the night. What a great, great idea. You know, we had Tom uh, Emmer, Congressman Emmer, on the uh, 
on the show here uh, in the earlier segment, and we we're talking about uh, Minneapolis, St. Cloud, the VAs, and, and how you know we're competing for uh, people in the workforce. And to yeah. have this hiring event and have the ability to make tentative offers, wow, if there's anybody out there listening right now and you want to get in and find any information about the Minneapolis VA healthcare system, um, you need to get to this event. So we've got 30 seconds, Melanie. Uh, any type of position uh, that is available at the Minneapolis VA that you're particular other than the medical support assistance? Are there other things people could look for? Yes, we are also um, always hiring our uh, our nursing assistants and our licensed practical nurses. And we're looking for those special skills um, here in Minneapolis, but also all at all of our community outpatient clinics um, in uh, Western Wisconsin, excuse me, Eastern Wisconsin, and of course in Western Minnesota, um, and um, so those, and also those medical support assistance, December fourteenth. We're going to get some people signed up to come on board and work. Get to the event, Melly. Thanks right. for joining us on Minnesota Military Radio. Thank you so much. Glad to be here. Bye. Bye. We're just about out of time, and I'd like you to know that this show is for you. If you have topic suggestions, if you have show feedback, or if you're a Minnesota veteran, you'd like to share your story, please go to minnesotamilitaryradio.com, click on Contact Us, and send us a message. I'd like to thank our guests for joining us this week, Lindsay Kumo, Melanie Nelson, Congressman Tom Emmer, Tom Lyons, Temporary Commissioner Brad Lindsay of the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, and finally, Minnesota's Adjutant General, Major General Sean Mankey. Next week, we'll hear about VA volunteers and get a year-in-review update from Beyond the Yellow Ribbon. That's coming up next weekend on this station or online anytime at minnesotamilitaryradio.com. I'm Doug Wortham. I'd like to thank you for listening to this edition of Minnesota Military Radio. I hope you have a great week and you find a way to make a positive impact on someone's life. Minnesota Military Radio is a production of iHeartMedia, the Minnesota Department of Veterans Affairs, the Minneapolis VA, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, and the Minnesota National Guard. Your host is Tom Lyons, founder and owner of Phelan Partners Limited, a merger and acquisition advisory firm. Tom is a life member of the American Legion, VFW, Vietnam Veterans of America, and the DAV. For podcasts and the latest updates, follow us at minnesotamilitaryradio.com.